Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Now, the San Jose Sharks Locker Room Report with Dan Rusinowski. On May the 2nd, Sharks head coach Bob Bugner fielded a variety of questions from members of the media in an extended session. Let's go to that session now. Go ahead, Curtis. Morning, Bob. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this today. We appreciate it. Uh, I guess when you look back, you had a couple of days to digest these, this season. Now, when you look back, what, what stands out to you as far as this season? Well, I think uh, any coach in my position, you, you sort of you take inventory of, of um, you know, all the uh, the strong moments, the weak moments you try and analyze. You do a little bit of a, um, you know, a study on your own team. And as, a, as the offseason goes, we'll dive even deeper into that. But, uh, um, you know, obviously the, the tough part, it was some of the injuries that we dealt with, um, you know, and, and we still came out and had a great start to the season. I thought that uh, coming out of camp. Um, I like the way training camp went. I like the way the start of our season went. Even going into the break, we've talked about we were, um, you know, five games or f- something like that over 500. And I thought that we were in a good spot. We ran into, you know, some some injuries um, second half and it, it really hurt us. And not just, um, you know, not just uh, guys being uh, banged up and, and nicked up. It was, you know, surgeries as Mario and obviously Carly, um, you know, Magna, guys like that that had major injuries we had to deal with. And I think that hurt us. And, and uh um, but there's a lot of things that improved as the, as the season went on. Um, you know, some were very, uh, apparent and other things are sort of the underlying things that I'm studying right now and looking at what's, uh, you know, some of the strengths that we had. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the injuries there, a lot of players said that, you know, at the break, you know, uh, that's where things turned maybe for the season. Would you agree that coming back from the break, that was a pretty pivotal time for the season for the Sharks? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the heavy part of the schedule, right? And that's, uh, you know, all the, the travel we had and, um, you know, it was almost, that was time to sort of make our hay and stay, you know, stay going in the right direction. There was a lot of times that I would talk to you guys after the game and, and say, you know, we have eight guys on the, on the, on the list tonight that aren't playing. And no, that's tough for any team. Our team, um, you know, we speak to, you know, having to have our best players be our best players every night and, and depth. And, and um, you know, we may not be as deep as other teams that are, you know, ready to win right now. And uh, so I think injuries hurt us more so than, than a lot of teams. Is the number one issue scoring? I mean, is that, is that fair to say that this team, this team is a team that needs to find more ways to, to put the puck in the net? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look, I think uh, um, limiting chances and defensively, um, you know, I think we're 15th in the league at limiting chances, uh, inner slot, slot chances. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, our analytics, we're a good team in the neutral zone. Um, we we um, deny a lot of entries, controlled entries. Um, you know, we're a shot blocking team. I think we're second in the league in, in blocking shots. Um, when we did have leads, I think we we're 20 and four leading after two, uh, uh, period, uh, second period. I think there's only two other teams in the league that, that have that record. Um, you know, so there are, those are some good things and it shows you that, you know, we're in a lot of games, 
um, you know, we had 23, 23 games, I believe, where we uh, had to pull our goalie and, they, and uh, you know, trying to find that one goal that we need, um, you know, so that skews the numbers a little bit. But I think, um, yeah, your, your answer to your question is we're about 40 goals short of being a, a playoff team. Uh, if you just look at in the league, uh, um, you know, I think the last team that got into the playoffs uh, with the least amount of offense, I believe, was Dallas. And I think we're about behind them. So, um, you know, and it, it, you don't want to keep bringing up the name, but obviously, you know, going into the season, um, you know, losing your, your leading uh, goal scorer or, or point, you know, offensive player, um, you know, that, that hurt us. And I think, uh, um, you know, everybody knows the story and the reasons and all those things, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, uh, um, you know, I'd like Tommy's line with, with Timo and Barbie. I thought Cooch's line, um, you know, Cooch had a lot of guys coming in. It was a bit of a revolving door on that, uh, on that line with, you know, a Rudy or a Gregor um, or a Dalene uh, at the end of the year it was Benino and Eats. I mean, um, you know, to get some, uh, um, some, uh, you know, to steady that line out, I think is the key moving forward. Gosh, hey, Bob, just how different is it heading into an off season right now, or, you know, not knowing sort of the direction of the organization with GM and all of that, how do you, how do you approach the beginning of this off season until that is resolved? There's only certain things, obviously, under my in, in my control, and I think that that's what I worry about. I think, uh, um, you know, I think it's been very transparent from the management side and ownership side what the process is and what they're dealing with here over the next uh, short while. Um, of course, I would think that, you know, from my point of view, for for my staff, myself, for my players, I think everybody would love to have uh, um, to find out sooner or later and have that stability. I think, um, you know, Doug being gone all year, um, you, you know, and, and Joe doing, I thought, which was a fantastic job, a great job of, uh, um, you know, it, it was, it was just, uh, um, so many things happening during the year and, and, you know, Joe, uh, Joe was very open and honest with us through the whole, uh, process and still is. And I think that, uh, um, you know, at some point when they make a decision, um, I think it's better for obviously everybody. And you, you guys had a, a ton of rookies obviously play this year. What, where do you need to see some of those guys sort of maybe make that next step uh, to be even bigger contributors next season? Well, you know, some of the guys that the, the first year guys, um, you know, being able to have a good off season of training and, and conditioning and coming back bigger and stronger. That's, that's number one for a lot of these guys, um, you know, this experience and this opportunity they had this year of, of playing, um, you know, large chunks of NHL games in the schedule, I think is going to help them. I think that uh, the one thing is, is, you know, um, and, and this was the message that was sent, I guess, at the end of the year is, is don't come back and assume that you have a job um, or just because you played the last 30 games that you're penciling in all next year. I don't think that's the case. I think these guys are all going to have to earn their jobs at training camp. Um you know, and they're going to have to come back and compete. I'm sure that, you know, this team will be uh, uh, a better team come September um, with that is, you know, some new faces or, or what happens in the off season. But um, obviously we need to see, um, you know, we need to see them elevate their game. Um, you know, I look at guys like Gregor and Reedy and Sasha Weatherby who played a lot for us, Merkley, um, you know, put Balsers in that conversation and, and, and Malosh, uh, you have Borlo, Eklund, all these guys. I, I mean, uh, um, there's some great progress being made. And uh, um, I think this organization is um, deeper than it's ever been um, with, with uh, young talent, but uh, with that comes competition. And I think uh, um, that's the key come back to campus earning jobs. 
Yeah, Bob, you referenced um, analytics quite a bit throughout the season. I'm just curious in terms of a new GM, are you hoping that's something that they put at a premium? Does that jive with where your kind of paradigm is for the sport? I think, yeah, I think the game itself is is turned that way. And, and um, you know, we don't beat the analytics up. Uh, um, you know, first, I've talked about this before. It's it's the eye test first. And, and, and you know, that tells the story. Then you then you dip into the analytics and, and you see if they match up and, and where you're off. And um, a lot of times where it's pretty close. So, um, but the, you know, there's certain things I look for after a game that sort of gives me, uh, um, you know, the meter of how we're playing. And, um, you know, I think nowadays anybody from management or coaching, um, you know, that's a tool that uh, um, it's much needed that we all use. And, and uh, so I assume that whoever is, obviously uh, um, going to be the GM. That'll be all part of it. And I think that uh, every NHL team has a department of people working in that now. Yeah, so Bob, um, I guess while we're on that subject, uh, there's um, like, let, let's just say like with, with Brent Burns, like I don't, the public analytic information that's available doesn't necessarily like quote unquote, like the season that he had. Um, but I, you know, you've, you've obviously been, you know, said a lot of the good things about what he did just is there anything in the, the, the private stuff that you guys have that that says like kind of differently than than the, the public stuff or just what how yeah does i think if you dive if you dive deep into it obviously um you know he's a, no one's played more minutes um at his age so i think that's number one is the situations he plays in uh he plays against top lines every night so um, you know, with our team, uh, we played a lot in our end at times. And, you know, sometimes that skews things. I think, you know, he's still one of the leaders on our team generating offense. That's forwards and defensemen included. He's still one of the guys that's got the most defensive kills, um, you know, in the small areas and in, in the defensive zone. Um, you know, I still I think he's what top 12 or 13 scoring defensemen in the league. Um, you know, he's pr- he's providing that offense, running the power play. Um you know, so there's a ton of good things about Bernsey's game. And I just think that, uh, um, you know, he, sometimes, you know, I know, I know that, you know, he, he sometimes, uh, um, you know, people don't give him enough credit for a lot of the little things that he provides and, and, uh, and what he means to this team in the, in the dressing room and, and how he sets examples for young players. And, and, uh, so, um, obviously I think that I thought he's had a good season, a really good season. And yesterday, Eric, mentioned sort of when we were asking about scoring more goals and finding more offense, he, I think he mentioned just the idea of the, the team is going to have to play more aggressively and it's kind of regardless of whatever system they're in. Just um, I'm just wondering for your perspective, if, if there are additions to the team and you feel like you have a more talented team next year, will you, will there be system changes to maybe reflect that? I guess. Yeah. Um, system changes. I, I think, you know, we try to promote, we work on it every day we, through video, through practices. Um, we watch what the best teams are doing. Um, if there's something missing from our game that other teams do. Um, so that's a study that we, we're constantly in. I don't think there's, um, you know, a certain a certain amount of that comes down to personnel. Um, but we're, you know, I've heard that oh, we're a dump and chase team. We're not a dump and chase team. No one's ever said dump the puck. Uh, if you got an outnumbered rush or if you got a situation where you get creative, um, we chip and dump pucks when, um, when, when need be. And I think if you look at the best teams in the league, um, I think you'll find, uh, um, usually that the best teams in the league are the best four checking teams. Um, you know, the teams that manage a puck the best, um, 
you know, people said that about the St. Louis Blues a few years ago. Um, they led the league in dump-ins, they led the league in four-check, and they won the Stanley Cup. Um, so there's different ways to play with your personnel. Uh, we went to the one, one, three, and I think that really helped us. Um, you know, our D zone stuff is great. I think that, uh, we've done a really good job at limiting chances there. Um, but yeah, we need to create more offense. And I think that's, you know, for me, it's holding on to more pucks. It's moving your feet. Um, you know, it's more shot volume. Um, you know, it's getting your, your, your D involved in the, in the offense, in the offensive zone. It's your D joining rushes. Um, we want to play fast. We want to play on our toes and we want to play aggressive. Um, you know, with that, I think comes, uh, um, you know, more puck possession. And that's, uh, sometimes that's not a, a system. It's, it's more of a, um, it's a will it's, um, you know, it's a skill, uh, uh, being able to uh, hold on to pucks and and uh, and have a little more poison. Well, last one for me. Um, you you mentioned uh, you know you mentioned Evander earlier. You just, now that that now that this is over and you can look back at it, like it seemed like two of the big teams from the season were that the locker room was tighter together and closer, and then also there weren't enough goals. I'm just wondering how much you think that he's connected to both of those things, and if not having him was a net positive. Well, I think, um, do we miss his offense? Of course. Um, but, um, you know, there, there is a vision and, and a focus of this group moving forward. And it's, um, um, number one, you have to, you got to win the game in the locker room before you win it on the ice. And I think that, uh, I think we have a strong uh, locker room. I think we have guys that really care for one another that play hard for one another and that want to take that next step as a group. So, um, you know, to assess the whole thing, whether it's a positive or negative, I think we didn't go into this with our eyes, uh, with our eyes shut and, uh, um, you know, thinking that we weren't going to, um, you know, lose, lose some skill in offense, um, but also at what cost. And I think that at the end of the day, it was time for both sides to part. And, uh, um, you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, um, he's probably in a better situation and, and I think we are too. Thanks, Bob. Hey, Bob. Uh, thanks for uh, doing this. Uh, are you back home now? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so going back to sort of the, uh, you mentioned the uh, holding on to pucks more. Uh, that's one thing that uh, at least analytically, uh, offensive zone possession time was something that uh, you guys struggled with at uh, even strength. Um, how do you get better at that? You know, I know that you're not looking to get from 32nd to first, but you want to you know, be in the 20s or average at it. Is it, is it personnel? Is it things that or a little bit of both personnel or things that the players can do a little better. Yeah, I think, uh, um, well, first of all, we used to, you know, a few years back, we used to be a team, um, you know, when we had uh, Jumbo and we had Pav, um, and you guys remember, we used to be a team that rimmed a lot of pucks out in the offensive zone up to our, up to our point, man. And it was a low to high situation where we get people in front of the net and it was Pavelski tipping, or if it was Jumbo in the corner, Instead of trying to move his feet and get out of there, he'd sling it all the way around and, and rim it up to the D. And that works. Um, but to be consistent, we've changed that a little bit because we want to be a, a quick strike team underneath the top of the top of the circles. And I think we've done a better job of that. Now, with that comes, you know, you got to be able to cycle, you got to be able to hold on to pucks, um, you got to have your D involved. And I just didn't think we had enough situations, or um, you know, sometimes it's personal, like I said, but um, situations where you're, you're working in a, a um, almost a five man motion in the offensive zone. And, and with that, um, you know, one of the teams that comes to mind, uh, obviously Tampa Bay, um, Nashville does it well that you really, um, you know, you got D on their toes, keeping pucks alive, 
Um, you got forwards holding onto the pucks, using that back of the net, resetting it, um, you know, quick striking to the slot. Um, that's the kind of team we want to be. And that's what we work on every day. Um, you know, I design drills around that every day in practice, trying to be a, a team that can play below the tops of circles. And, uh, um, you know, that'll come over time. And I think it's, you, you know, you got young guys that have to learn how to protect pucks. And we had a ton of those guys in our lineup, as we've talked about all year. Um, that's a skill and that's an art that comes with experience. Um, you know, and then I think, you know, getting faster as a team, I think, uh, um, you, you look at our team from top to bottom, especially our forwards, um, you know, and team speed is important nowadays. And I think that, uh, in my opinion, you're asking me what, what we can do better. We need to get faster, um, and, uh, um, and hold on to more pucks and that'll help with our possession. Uh, is that, uh, the, I guess if you're ever to drill down on one sort of, uh, um, <clears throat> under the cover thing uh, that you want to improve on offense, is that more speed or is that better puck possession? Or I guess maybe both, both go hand in hand in your mind. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, um, you know, we are who we are. And I think that, uh, you know, Tommy Hurdle's one of, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's probably our best player at, you know, him and team are holding on to pucks and, and protecting pucks down low and, and being able to have that possession. If you start looking down our lineup, um, you know, I thought that, uh, um, you know, our third line for a while, the veteran line of Benino and Nieto and Cogs, um, you know, are guys that are, are more defensive minded guys that maybe, you know, didn't spend enough time in the offensive zone. Our fourth line was always seemed to be, you know, a combination of a lot of young players up and down guys filling slots, whether it was Weatherby or Reedy or, you know, um, Gadge or um, Veeler, um, you know, that was sort of a, a little bit of a rotating, uh, rotating uh, line for us throughout the year. Um, so, you know, and I've already talked about Cooch's line. Cooch is strong at, at protecting pucks down low and, and having possession. Um, but, you know, I think, at the end of the day, yeah, I think we, you know, when you build your team out, I think uh, um, a little more speed will help. And uh, um, hopefully the experience these, these young guys had. Uh, but it's really, it is, it's moving your feet and it's holding on to pucks and, and, and doing it with speed. Um, you gotta, you got to be a tough team to defend against, um, you know, and, and we, that's, that's an area that we were going to focus on. And that, uh, you know, for me, um, when I build out the plan or build out systems, that's top of mind. Hmm. And I assume when you talk about speed too, it's not just skating, but it's also playing fast too. That's a playing fast. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you can go in and, and get the puck on the four check, um, you know, and we do a decent job of that. But once you get that puck, um, you got to be able to escape out of the pressure. And, uh, and that's about playing fast and that's about making um, quick decisions and almost, you, you know, you see the best teams do it when they get in, they four check, they get the puck they're finding a way to bring that thing to the net or to the slot right away. And, and uh, that's, that's the kind of identity we want to have and that we'll work at and we are working at, um, you know, and that those, that's probably the most important thing if I can analyze everything and I have already, and I've got, you know, I'm, I'm doing my deep dive into all the analytics. It's um, you know, that's the next step for us as a team. We're, we've, we've got a lot of the other things covered, but we have to get better at uh, um, you know, scoring goals. And um, you know, that's, that's a, that's going to be important. And uh, I guess uh, one young player, I guess, uh, I don't want to overfocus on him because he's so young, uh, Thomas Bordalo, and he just made his NHL debut. But, you know, he came into a pretty big role uh, when, he, you know, when he made his uh, NHL debut as essentially a third line center. But, you know, that's such a critical role for a winning team, you know, that 3C role. And so what does he got to do to potentially fill that role next year? Or is that maybe... Uh, you know, just, it's just a, a big job for a young player. You know, it's tough to like uh, 
basically give that guy that job? Oh, it's a very big job and it's a lot of responsibility. And I think that he did a great job coming in after his college uh, career was over. And I thought that he made an impact in our lineup right away. Um, you know, he's talk about a guy with some speed that can hold on to pucks and his skill level. You see that. Um, and, and, and that's, uh, you know, for a guy that's uh, um, fresh to the league, that's uh, pretty impressive that he can do that. And that's what we're sort of talking about. That next step is it Eklund that comes in. We saw, we saw him hold on to pucks and, and he's playing fast. Uh, Bordelow plays fast. So if those guys come in and make the team, that's an automatic upgrade, right? But, um, you know, with boards, the big, the first thing I talked to him at the end of the season was is, is making sure, and I know he's going to go, uh, um, you know, maybe play at the World Juniors or World Championships or whatever he's doing. I think that uh, it's important for him to get in the weight room and get bigger and stronger, um, number one. Um, you know, same with Eklund. It's big summers for these guys for for building up on their bodies. Um, but uh, again, Borlo's got to come back and, and nothing's going to be given. He's got to make the team. He's got to go through camp. He's got to have a good camp. He's got to have a good preseason, um, you know. And uh, and again, what's his competition look like? I think that's a, a more of a, um, you know, a question for management and, you know, what what's going to happen and, and what they're looking to do this summer. Um, but, uh, I expect that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to improve our team over the off season. So, um, these guys coming back to camp, it's, uh, um, you, you know, it's, it's, you gotta earn your job. And uh, another player I'm curious about is, uh, Eric Carlson, obviously early in the season, you, you know, got a very, uh, impactful Eric Carlson, but, you know, um, maybe when he came back and obviously he missed the end of the season, um, uh, maybe not quite the same guy as early in the season. Just so how important is that to this team to get, um, that uh, Eric Carlson that you had before his forearm surgery. Yeah, it's uh, um, that that was a uh, uh, you know tip the scales pretty uh, hard on us. I think that uh, you know my opinion um, from the time I've been there anyway, I thought that was the best hockey we've seen Carly play. Um, he was engaged. He was uh, aggressive. He was uh, you know jumping up in the play, running the power play. Um, you know he was just doing doing a little bit of everything and. Um, you know, I think after that surgery, uh, uh, you know, coming back and having all that time off and then you know, the key for him, number one, is, is, is to try and, you know, he hasn't uh, um, in the four, last three or four seasons, hasn't been able to get through the 82 game schedule. That's going to be important to have his health um, and him being physically ready and, and hopefully injury free. Um, he hasn't had a lot of luck with that in the, in the past few years. Um but yeah, if he can regain that form he had before the forearm surgery, and I know he will, he's, I mean, he's an elite uh, elite player. I think that uh, this team uh, obviously goes as, as, as Eric goes. And uh, um, as one of the uh, um, experienced leaders and, and veterans, I think that's uh, um, obviously a huge, huge for us, for him to be able to be healthy and, and be able to contribute like he was doing that uh, you know, before the, the arm surgery. And uh, I'm curious also too, you mentioned uh, setting, steadying out the Logan Couture line is sort of a, uh, a big key for uh, next year. Um, what are sort of the elements that you think will mix, will, could mix well with Logan, just like how Timo and Tommy have seemed to mesh with Barabanov, you know, so what might you be looking for in terms of qualities, be it internally or, you know, from the outside qualities from a player that would mix well with Logan? Well, I think he needs some speed on his wings. I, I, I do. I think that uh, uh, Logan plays in so many uh, hard situations against the other team's best lines. And, and uh, um, you know, we experimented with Timo there at the beginning of the year, too, and, and, and that worked, um, you know. And then Tommy's line was off, so we threw Timo up there, and then they caught fire, and Timo caught fire. So um, for, for Cooch, you know, playing um, against top lines, someone that has great hockey sense and, and someone that has speed. And, 
um, you know, whether that's an Eklund coming in uh, um, or, you know, you go outside the organization to find that. Um, again, I think that's uh, um, one of the keys for us to uh, move forward and, and, you know, expect offense, obviously, out of Cooch's line. Um, and, and uh, you know, cause some nights, as we saw, if Tommy or Timo were off, um, we had tough chances, of, you know, tough chance of, of winning those games and, and getting points in those games. So, um, and, you know, we shouldn't have to be rely on, 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 you know, that one line score every night. We need uh, we need some depth underneath that offensive depth. Uh, and I think the last one for me for now, Bob, uh, thanks for everything uh, this year uh, is, uh, you know, just uh, in terms of what uh, Joe was told you about sort of your job next year, is it, I guess, from my, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing from you that um, that you won't know necessarily about your job and your coaching staff's job until you talk to the new GM, basically, whenever that is like, that's sort of in that person's hands, maybe. Um, you know, we haven't jumped into that. Uh, I know the season just being done and exit meetings and everything else. I, we haven't got that far into a conversation. Um, but you know, I don't know the process, the time length on finding a new GM. Um, you know, I guess Joe could probably talk more to that than, than, you know, that's sort of out of my hands, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I would say this, that, you know, obviously sooner than later though we'll, we'll have to know kind of thing so we can move forward and uh um you know whether that's a new gm or whether that's joe or management or ownership making those decisions you'd have to ask him okay okay i guess to follow up on that is there a sort of a, a date that makes sense you know um in terms of just for preparing for the season you know like when 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 is it uh, ideal to know something something like that for your preparation and your coaching staff preparation um tomorrow no i'm kidding um, <laughs> um no i i no, again it's been just such a um you know a busy weekend for everybody that uh you know we haven't even really crossed that bridge and there's no date there's no ultimatums or anything like that we work together we've been very uh open and uh transparent with each other of where we're at and, and where we want to get to and uh you know so um, I'll leave that question up to, uh, you know, up to Joe to answer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've said this before. I thought that, uh, um, you know, my staff and, and myself have, have put a lot of time in with this group and, uh, you know, we want to be a part of it moving forward. Um, I've said there's light at the end of the tunnel here for sure. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, um, you know, the guys play hard for us and, and, uh, um, they bought into the system. They bought into the culture we've created and the environment, and and uh, um, and, and and they all want to improve, obviously. And uh, we're a hard work, working team is one of the things that we we talked about the non negotiables that we're going to be a tough team to play against. Um, and uh, we know where you know where our weaknesses are and where we got to improve. But uh, um, it's a good group to work with, and I hope I'm back. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Curtis. Paul, can you say when, when you might have a longer sort of call or meeting with, with Joe or anyone else in management coming? Is there anything coming up? Or? Um, I'm, yes, we're going to, obviously we're going to talk. Uh, I don't have any date to circle on the calendar or anything. And, and again, uh, um, Joe's been <laughs> the busiest man in hockey here the last uh, few weeks. So um, yeah, I think uh, um, we'll probably sit down and, and, and have a chat here. I should say the near future, but there's been nothing obviously planned. That's probably a better question for Joe. Okay. Okay. You know, we were talking to Mark Edward Vlasic on, on Friday there and, you know, he's, he, he, you know, didn't really hide the fact that he wanted to play more minutes. 
how does he get to being uh, go from being a, a, you know, a second or you know, a third pair guy up into the top four again? How, what, what is his game at? What does he have to do in his game to sort of get back to that level? Well, in, in my personal opinion, I think that uh, uh, Pix's game got better as the season went on. I thought his second half was much better than his first half. And uh, what I would like to see him in, you know, and he's had slow starts for the last two years. So I think, you know, coming in, uh, Coming into camp, um, you know, getting having a better training camp and and uh, you know and and not waiting the the two three months to his game to come around, I think that's important from him personally. Um, you know, his minutes increases, his game got better, and there's not a coach out there that doesn't want to play uh, players when they're at the top of the game and they can help your team every night. And of course, you're going to load those minutes up on guys like that. So, um, you know, if, if Pickles comes back and you know plays. Um, you know, plays the, uh, the same way he finished and he starts the same way he finished, then there won't be any issues. I think, I think, uh, um, but you know, there's no, there's no set, like who's going to be in a top four. There's how many minutes guys are going to get, uh, you get what you earn and, uh, and what you deserve. And that's, I've always been like that. I've always been very, uh, um, honest and, and open and transparent about that up front with the players. Um, there's not a coach in the world doesn't want to play their players when they're playing their best. So, um, that for me is a little bit of uh, self-reflection and uh, um, you know, and hopefully that, like I said, he, he starts how he finished. Yeah, the management obviously still has to decide what to do with their, their goaltending as well. But is it nice from your perspective that, you know, you know, you're going to have two guys, two experienced players coming back and, and being your net miners last year, as opposed to maybe last season where maybe you didn't quite know what the, what was going to happen uh, in the off season. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a, a more of a comforting feeling. I think that uh, we've never had a situation where we've had three goalies, um, so this is going to be interesting. But uh, you know, all our all our metrics are up in, in the goaltending department. I think some of that has to do with our team play, and you know, the you know we're pretty detailed team defensively um, within our systems. But uh, um, there was a time there when we, you know, obviously all of them were hurt, and, and we called up uh, Sachenko. Um, and we've tried a couple options there and I think that hurt us a little bit, to be honest, uh, um, and you know, the timing of the injuries on our goaltending. Um, but you look at it, yeah. And all three guys can play all three guys are NHL goalies. And, uh, um, you know, so whatever those decisions are, obviously, again, that's, uh, not really a decision that I make. Um, but, uh, it's nice to have that option and, and, and that depth in goaltending. We haven't had that in, in quite a while. So, uh, um, good problem, I guess. All right. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Anything else here before we wrap? Okay. Thanks, everyone. That was Bob Bugner, head coach of the San Jose Sharks, with his annual end-of-season media session. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Thanks for joining us.